As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. I underestimated the challenge of the cost to price balance of doing a syndication. You know, if a syndication attorney costs you 15 grand, it's like, dude, don't do it on a million dollar deal. It doesn't make sense. But the problem is not that you shouldn't have syndicated. The problem is that do a bigger deal. That's the correct solution. First, a quick word from our best ever partner, PropStream. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties in seconds, nationwide or specific to any zip code. You can skip trace owner information, find cash buyers specific to an area, and find other investors to potentially partner with or fund your deals. PropStream provides you the comprehensive data and market insight you need to be at the top of your real estate game. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail. Even if you're not in real estate, PropStream can help you locate high net worth individuals to invest in your non-real estate business. Or if you are in real estate, then you can find them to invest in your real estate business. You can use this tool to find people who have millions of dollars in equity in their homes, and you can reach out to them via email, telephone, or snail mail. This is the perfect real estate investing tool for wholesalers and real estate agents, real estate investors, and entrepreneurs. I love how easy the PropStream website is to use. With a few clicks, you can review comps in the area or estimate rehab costs prior to purchasing a property. Act now to take advantage of the plethora of properties that have and will continue to hit the market during this time. And best ever listeners, do you know we got something special for you? You're going to receive a free seven-day all-access trial to experience all the features this powerful tool has, and you'll experience it firsthand. Just go to your7dayfreetrial.com. That's Y-O-U-R, the number seven, dayfreetrial.com. Get started with this. Get your seven-day free trial and start growing your business even more so than you have been. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Best ever listeners, today's guest is being interviewed by Theo Hicks. You know Theo, he's with us every Friday on Follow Along Friday. 
you're going to get a lot of value from this conversation. So with that being said, let's get going. Hello, best of your listeners. Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. My name is Theo Hicks, and today I'll be speaking with Alex Felice. Alex, how are you doing today? I'm extremely well. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. Thanks for joining us. So Alex is a repeat guest. So make sure you listen to his first episode, episode 1614. Since today, as you know, is Saturday, we'll be doing a situation Saturday where we talk about a sticky situation that our guest is in and have a conversation about any challenges he's facing and what he is doing to overcome them. So that's going to be the focus of the conversation today. But before we get into that, let's go over Alex's background as a refresher. He is a career banker working in risk analysis for SBA Lending. He has six years of real estate investing experience. His portfolio consists of eight bird deals and a 24-unit multifamily. He's from Fayetteville, North Carolina, and you can say hi to him at brokeisachoice.com. So Alex, before we start talking about your sticky situation, which is your first JV deal, do you mind telling us a little more about your background and what you're focused on now? Yeah, so I got into real estate, tried a job I hated, I had to get out of it. So I started buying single family homes because I was broke and that's all I could swing. And that went well for a little while, but it doesn't take long before you realize that there's no economies of scale, which is probably why everybody who listens to this show already knows or has figured out that you have to go to big multifamilies to get the economies of scale. And so after about eight of them, I started moving toward that, but it's a challenge to grow, for me at least, to go up to, I know some people do hundreds of units in their first bit. That was not something that I was capable of. So I switched into slowly going towards multifamilies. And lately I've been doing flips. I still want to do multifamily, but it's going to go a little bit slower than I had anticipated. But yeah, that's, that's kind of the transition that I've been, been at. Sure. So you've got the 24 unit multifamily. Is that the JV deal? Yeah. Last June, we closed on a 24 unit multifamily. I did it with four other people all of which whom I met on the internet, uh, which was neat. And original intent was to syndicate, but 24 units was a million dollar purchase price. It didn't warrant the cost to do that. So we JV'd it and it's gone reasonably well with some hiccups. Sure. Yeah. So before we get to the hiccups, I want to just set the stage a little bit more. So you, you mentioned it as a $1 million purchase price. What was the original business plan? So the plan was, it was five people who had never done this before. And we all kind of had the same idea. Um, Multi-fat, buy for cash flow, value add if you can. We wanted something that we were worried about preservation of capital first. And more so than anything, I wanted the experience. I have a giant ego. And so I was trying to make sure that I didn't let that run the show. I said, look, I just need to get one of these. I need to get five partners that I know I can return money to and get the experience. And then, you know, I have a long life ahead of me that I can buy bigger and bigger deals. I didn't want to go off and buy something that I couldn't handle the first one. So the idea was buy something that reps, get my reps in, proof of concept, get one done so I knew I could do it. And then those sky's the limit. How did you find the deal? Broker. We were talking to brokers for probably four or five months, just looking at everything. Me, one of the partners, just looking at deals, looking at deals, looking at deals. This one he brought to me. My partner, he brought it to me and we looked at it. It was in an area that we knew well that I already invested in Fayetteville. It was about what we wanted to do. And I wish there had been more value add, but it was a deal that we knew we could make money on. And we said, okay, let's blow ball. <laughs> Perfect. So million dollar purchase price, found it through a broker. 
The last thing I want to know is about your partner. So you said you met him on the internet. Do you want to walk us through that? I mean, a lot of people do that as well. I actually met Joe <laughs> through the internet. Now I've been working for him for four years. So I'm just curious, can you walk us through how you met those four people in more specifics? Well, on my website, what I've been doing as an experiment for three years now, interestingly, is I put up on the contact page, the first thing you see is, do you want a video chat with me? There's no strings attached. There's no nothing, no cost. No, I don't sell anything. So I just put it on there and see who will reach out. And sure enough, I booked month out for Thursday nights. And strangers just get on the internet and they video chat me. And I do deals with some of them. So these are four people that I met through doing video chats with me because they just wanted to be interested in what I was putting together. I'm very transparent on my website about the deals that I do and how I do them. So it resonates with certain people. So people reach out to me and over time. It was, Hey, I want to do multifamily next. And so you say that to people enough, the rule of investing or the rule of networking is just tell everybody what you're doing. And so I'm very loud on social media and I'm very loud on the internet and it attracts the people that I need. And so over time I got, or other people that wanted to do the same thing as I did. They wanted to be part of what I was putting together. And it's not more complicated than that. It's just, you have to put yourself out there and you have to be consistent. You have to be loud and it inevitably will attract the people that want to do the same thing as you. Can you give us an example of you being very loud on social media? <laughs> I don't go, no, I guess not. Uh, I wear a lot of bright pink. I say things that I hate that other people think they're controversial. I don't think anything I say is controversial, but I'm very unapologetic on the internet and I'm not good at marketing strategy. I'm just good at saying my authentic thoughts and I'm good at saying them loudly and I do it quite often. Perfect. Okay. So we've got the context for the deal set. Um, for, by... for, for your instance, the, my website is called broke as a choice. That's kind of a jerk thing to say to a lot of people. That's the kind of thing I mean where it's broke is a choice, but it's a little bit rude. That's kind of my style. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I like it. <laughs> so when I first read that, I was like, oh, it's a really cool website. I like that. I think it gets a lot of attention because of that website. Um, there you go. That's it. And then the pink too. I'm sure the pink helps as well. Okay. So 24 unit, four partners, including you. We talked about how you met them, purchase price, how you found the deal. So the deal's purchased. You mentioned that it's going relatively smoothly. Maybe to explain us what happened after you bought the deal. So I'm a career banker, so I should have known this, but I made one big error that I made was I didn't anticipate the maintenance costs to go to escrow to the bank. So we have a certain percentage that goes to reserves to the bank every month that comes out of cash flow. Well, I didn't anticipate that in my projections. So that cost every month plus insurance on year one charged me for year one and year two. Basically the bank took the second one out of escrow, year two out of escrow. So I have about 10% of my gross potential income that comes out of cash flow every month. Is it the end of the world? No, not a little bit, but it does reflect on my ability to pay out investors cash on cash year one. Now, oh, I'm, some so, of those sorry, are- I'm sorry, but before you continue, I'm kind of confused. So we said the reserves, so you've got a reserve so coming has, out each month. Oh, what about the insurance? Are you saying like it was yeah, a lump so sum? No, so say I have $13,000 a month in gross potential rents. Well, I have $500 a month that goes to the bank for repair escrow. Now that's pretty standard. I just bungled it. I was paying attention to a lot of the things. So I didn't put that into the projection. So $500 a month comes out and it goes to the bank. Now that's our money, but we don't get it every month. We won't get it till whenever, probably two or three years down the road. The second one is a $715 in insurance. Now we pay $715 a month in insurance for year one, but the bank is taking an additional $715 a month 
for escrow to pay for year two. Now that'll come off at the end of year one, but for that first year, we have $1,300 a month that okay. comes out of our cash flow to go to basically escrow costs. That's 10% of gross potential rents. That's it's not painful, but it's really annoying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't disclosed to you by the lender at closing? It was- it was probably something that would have been caught by anybody who's done this before. And I should have caught it myself, but when you're doing these deals, your first time and everybody who had done this on this team was a first timer. It's one of those things that just slipped by us. And I wish I would have better accounted for it. It's not okay. the end of the world, but it is very frustrating because it messes up my year one cash on cash returns for investors. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Any other challenges with the uh, deal? Yeah. It's too small. I'll never do 24 again. That's ridiculous. It's way too small. Most of our problems were scale problems. Um, I'm trying to think of some good examples, but my first thought was go to multifamily for economy to scale, but I don't think you get economy to scale till you get to probably now that I look back, probably a hundred units is what you really need. Maybe a little less than that, but 24 is not enough, at least not for us. The rents are 600 to 625. I'll never do that again. I, I don't want anything less than mid market rents and at least my market 11 to 1200. Maybe some of that is personal reasons, like personal approach, but these are the things that I learned. We went too small. We were too timid with the money. We should have gone bigger. We should have been bolder. And I think it would have actually made us more. Are you managing the deal yourself or is there a third-party management company? We have a third-party management company. Okay. Do they have someone on site? No, it's not big enough to do on-site management in-house to do it full-time like that. So we have a third-party management company. I love them. They're working out fantastic. They're taking great care of the place. Our actually our expense ratio is less than the previous owners who were self-managing. So uh, I don't have a problem on the expense side. What I have a problem really is we bought it in mid-2019 at now we know at the top of the market. I knew it then, but mania gets, I think everybody in the beginning, at least I should have just paid less, but the property is being run as well as it possibly can be in my opinion. We just set the deal up a little bit shaky and we're going to end up making good money in this property. Mm-hmm. I just look back and think of all the things that I could have done better. Yeah, totally. So you've got four other people. What is everyone's role in the joint venture? So my main partner, we have somebody who does financial side. So he'll do my books. And then another guy kind of just helped us get it. And he's helping us get the next deals. And then some people play less of a role than I would have liked, but I'm okay with that. So I basically just do the, I manage the property manager and I manage monthly reports. My other main partner does the accounting books. Yeah. And then another guy's doing acquisition side. Did everyone involved invest money in the deal? Yes, I did this. Basically everybody went in equal or very close to equal. Me and my main partner have a slightly larger share so that we could take the guarantee. And then the other partners didn't have to take the guarantee and they took a small share for it. I kind of spread it out equally so that I could, how do I say it? People are taking a chance on me. So it's my first one. So I, I just said, hey, look, just believe in me. I'll give a return and, and I don't care what the work costs me. I just want to make sure that, that I can show that I can get this done. I can show a profit and then I'll take a bigger cut in the next one. Yeah, exactly. So since everyone's in the deal for equal amounts, are the profits split then equally as well? Yep. You're split with the amount that you put in both equity and cash flow. Okay, perfect. Any challenges? With doing a JV as opposed to doing the syndication route, many challenges with control or everyone having a say, anything like that? No, but people is my specialty. So I didn't expect any of those challenges from the start. Everybody kind of knew that I was going to lead the deal for the most part. And that's 
worked out well. I didn't take in anybody that I thought was going to be more of a hassle than I was willing to take on. So I haven't had any problems with that. The syndication route, I prefer it in the future. I underestimated the challenge of the cost to price balance of doing syndication. You know, if a syndication attorney costs you 15 grand, it's like, dude, don't do it on a million dollar deal. It doesn't make sense. But the problem is not that you shouldn't have syndicated. The problem is that do a bigger deal. That's the correct solution in my experience. So based on all the lessons you learned, what would be your ideal next deal? I would like a A or B class property in a bigger area, in a growing area with higher rents and more investors. Like I would have gone bigger, even if it means less returns. I think the stability is worth the premium by a long shot. These C class properties, the numbers look good, but it's just not what I would do again. I'd go to A class property in Raleigh or Charlotte. That's what I'd prefer. And then do you have a network of people that if that ideal deal were to fall into your lap tomorrow, you could raise the capital? I think so. Funny, this business, everybody who's done no deals, the uphill battle is really hard. But once you do one, it's like the doors really open up. So obviously that gets bigger as you do more. I think I have a lot of people just didn't want to do the first one with me, even though I've been doing single families for a long time and I have a big social media presence. A lot of people were interested, but I've had literally people tell me like, yeah, I'll do the second one with you. I don't want to do the first one with you. And also the first one, you know what I had a problem with that it's hard for me to explain is I had a problem selling the first deal to people because you don't really know if it's going to close when you get a hold of it because I was new, right? And so you go to somebody and it's like, I really can't sell them as confidently as I'd like because I'm not sure how to do this. So they can feel that and that hinders me. So it's kind of like a cyclical thing, right? I'm not as confident. So they aren't as confident. So then I'm not as confident. When we go to do this next one, I think that will be mostly entirely removed. And so I'll be able to much more confidently go out and, and get funding. And I'll have learned all the lessons from this first one. And I perceive that to be a much lesser problem. All right, Alex, is there anything else that you want to mention before we close out the interview? Buy something that makes money. You can grow You don't have to do everything on your first one. Like ego, I'm prone to ego and it got me in a little bit of trouble in this one. And I know that's a problem for other people, but I play the long game. This this multifamily thing is worse, but you don't have to do it on the first deal. All right, thanks for sharing that. All right, Alex. Well, I enjoyed this conversation. I look forward to checking out your your Broke of the Choice uh, website and some of your, your comments on social media. But in the meantime, some of the biggest takeaways that I got from the episode was number one, how you're able to put together a joint venture deal with four people you'd met on the internet. I really liked your strategy of having a, do you want to video chat with me on your contact page? And that's how you were able to meet the individuals you did this deal with. You also mentioned how the roles and responsibilities were allocated, but your biggest lessons on this deal is number one, not anticipating the reserves that need to go to the bank every month, as well as having to pay a monthly insurance rate that was covering year one and year two during year one. So now they're just understanding what the lender's criteria is for reserves and insurance and taxes. I know taxes is another thing that people talk about as well. That might be a little bit different in year one. The second thing you said is that 24 units is too small because most of the issues that you've come across have been economies of scale issues. And so you prefer to focus on a hundred units or more because that's where economies of scale come into play. You also mentioned that you wouldn't do 600 to $625 rent ranges anymore. You want to go a lot higher than that. I mean, also mentioned that you probably should have paid a lot less for the deal, but we're really excited. A little less than the deal. Not that much less. 
a little less. <laughs> and then the last thing we talked about having a little bit of trouble selling the deal confidently because he hadn't done it before. So you weren't exactly sure how things were going to play out. So you didn't feel comfortable saying something you didn't really feel confident and comfortable with. And then in turn, they could feel that. So they were less confident and it was kind of a negative feedback loop. Yeah. So again, Alex, I appreciate you coming on the show. Make sure you guys check out his previous episode again. That's 1614. Go to his website, Broke is a Choice. Take advantage of the free video chat. It's not every day that guests offer that to listeners. Best of listeners, as always, thank you for listening. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. PropStream is an all-in-one platform that gives you the tools you need to reach more leads, book more meetings, and close more deals with less work. With PropStream, you can find vacant and off-market properties, locate potential investors, or gain invaluable market insight in seconds. PropStream also features state-of-the-art marketing tools that allow you to send out direct mail postcards and ringless voicemail which will help you close more deals with less stress. Visit your7dayfreetrial.com to start your free trial and experience all the amazing features PropStream has to offer. That's your7dayfreetrial.com. Are you serious about taking the first step in the gateway to financial freedom? Then join Jake and Gino on a four-week course that will teach you how to become a multifamily real estate investor. Go to jakeandgino.com. That's J-A-K-E-A-N-D-G-I-N-O dot com.